Hello, Freedom Fighters. Thank you for listening. This audio interview is brought to you by Open World Magazine, the ultimate guide for pursuing a life of adventure and passion and setting up a location-independent business that can support your dream lifestyle. Go check us out at openworldmag.com. Hi, my name is Danny Flood. Thanks so much for listening. Today I'm joined by a previous guest who was on our show way back in episode 11, a year and a half ago. His name is Tom Edwards, and it's always a pleasure. We haven't done it too often, but it's always a pleasure to catch up with past guests to kind of see what they've been up to, what they've been able to accomplish. And our friend here, Tom, he is the author of Planes, Trains, and Broken Strings, which is a great book that talks about his stories, vagabonding around the world as a broke musician, uh, picking up gigs around the world. He's hitchhiked, he's slept under bridges. But what I'm really excited to, uh, I'm really excited to pick his brain and find out what he's been up to lately because uh, since the last time we talked, he's set up a very, very successful e-commerce business through Shopify, where uh, at one point, I think he was down to his last $50 in Peru. He set up a Shopify business with what little money he had left after uh, beer money, and uh, and he began making sales immediately, earning thousands in the first month. He went back home to the U.S., generated almost twenty thousand in revenue, or ten thousand in actual profit just through Shopify. He's created a very successful e-commerce business in a very short time, and I'm really excited to hear what uh, how he's done it and uh, what he's up to, and uh, how we can do the same. So. Tom, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, I know it's late there. Thank you for, for sharing your time with us. I really appreciate it. It's, it's still early for me. I'm a night owl. <laughs> That's right. Last night, I talked to you until about 3 a.m. You were up, uh, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so what have you been up to? You're, you're writing a new book now, and um, it's, I think it's called The Working Title is A Millionaire Vagabond. Is that right? Um, this one I'm going to call The Thrifty Vagabond, and there will be a follow-up book called The Millionaire Vagabond, which will focus more on the big money-making ideas for traveling around and making money. Basically, uh, center, building a business centered around location irrelevance or independence is what the next one will be. So this, this uh, one I'm finishing up now, The Thrifty Vagabond, will be centered towards more short, short term people who don't have a lot of money right now, but want to see the world. Uh, so there's a lot of advice on how to get around for free or really cheap and get into a lot of adventure all around the world. For someone that doesn't know you yet, could you give us a little bit of uh, preface, like how you started uh, your travel lifestyle and how you've made this, this pivot to creating this e-commerce business? Cause I think that's a, a rapid change you've made in a very short time. I think it's really cool. It is. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It, and it, whenever the business got to be really successful, it was actually like, uh, almost like a culture shock. I, I could hardly handle it emotionally. It was overwhelming, you know, uh, the change, but in the beginning, yeah, I started out back in 2013 was my first international travel experience. I'd been all around the West and stuff before that in America. Um, me and a couple buddies, that's what planes, trains and broken strings are about for the readers here. Uh, me and a couple buddies left in beginning of summer 2013 and on a round the world trip. And we left with, I mean, it was like a laughable amount of money to think that we would have made it, you know, eight to 10 months. Uh, I want to say it was like three or $4,000 for the three of us to make it what we intended to be a year. Um, and I had started a, a blog at that time. And at the time I didn't think, I thought that what we were doing was just like, amazing going around the world. And I was like, nobody else is doing this. 
I'm going to make this blog and people are going to be blown away by it and we'll get sponsorships and all this stuff. And by the time we got on the road, I found out about the, the blogger communities on Facebook and stuff. And I was like, well, I'm not the only person doing this at all. <laughs> so it was kind of, I never was able to generate a lot of revenue with it. And thus, like Danny mentioned, we were left sleeping under bridges and hitchhiking and a lot of street busking or playing on the street for you tips some, and stuff like that. You have that. some really unusual and uncomfortable experiences during these absolutely. Months, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Can can you share uh, with me like uh, some of those moments and how you felt? I thought I think the most the, as far as music goes, the most fascinating part was uh, we realizing once we got to Europe, we realized pretty early on that uh, it was just way too expensive there. We'd never be able to make it. Uh, so we wanted to change our flight to Southeast Asia, to Thailand, earlier and not stay in Europe for the extra month that we still had left to go. So we hitch- hitchhiked all the way from Germany down to Rome, which was hell. Uh, and it took, I think, almost a week of just sleeping on wherever we could. Uh, so we made it to Rome and finally got a hold of our an answer back from our travel agency, I should say, who denied us the ticket change. So then we're already, you know, where we needed to be to fly out in Rome, but then we still have this month to kill. So the goal is to break even at least for the month with music. So we found a nature preserve outside of Rome in a little town called Ostia, Italy, which is right on the coast. And what we did was we went into this nature preserve and set up like a little illegal camp, campsite, and every day, my friend Corey and I, he played a little hand drum and I played guitar and sang. And every day we would take, walk out to the highway, hop on a bus and take it downtown into downtown Ostia. And we would play for five to eight hours on the street for 20 or 30 euro, sometimes more, sometimes less, depending on the day. And what was, what was fascinating about it to me was it kind of after a while – turned into like a nine to five, like it turned into like a sitcom life of us living in this nature preserve. And every day we're waking up and we're taking our hobo shower of just splashing some water on ourselves on the vital parts and putting on deodorant, brushing our teeth. And then we take the bus in to quote unquote work and play music and then come back at night. And our friend who was watching the camp, Aaron would have, dinner cooking for us (laughs) turned into like a routine. We were there for a month. We did it every day and yeah. And it spawned a couple gigs at restaurants there and, uh, meeting some people that we ended up hanging out with. Oh yeah. It was just kind of very strange out of all the musical stuff we did. That's the one that stuck out in my mind just because it was so strange that it turned into something. So I don't want to say normal, but it seemed normal like a routine but it wasn't at all (laughs) so your style of traveling now is completely different i think you i think you had enough of doing it that way (laughs) oh absolutely and even yeah i even said in the book like i don't ever want to do this again (laughs) i I remember reading a chapter in that book and you were i think you were in like malaysia or something and you're just you're like i'm just so freaking exhausted exactly yeah i'm tired of bumming it around and and Everywhere, yeah, and, everywhere I'm staying, it's like filthy, and um, I'm trying. You were trying to get like freelancing jobs, but it, obviously you weren't know, yeah. having much success with that. Right. Uh, you know, because it's people are pretty 
flaky and reliable as far as you know online platforms like Upwork. I think absolutely, like yeah, yeah. Um, but but lately, I mean, I remember reading a, an update from you like in November or something, and you, you mentioned you were doing with your Shopify business. You're doing, you said over one k profit per day. I think you posted a screenshot where you made almost fifteen thousand in a week or something like that. Yeah, I topped out at. Uh as far as profit goes, the most that I made ended up being in December. I made a little over ten thousand profit in one week, and that was actually for a couple weeks. Christmas rush, you know, and things have uh, leveled off since then. But that was just, and that's what I was talking about over, uh, earlier when that happened. Like it was almost overwhelming, like uh, hard to grasp because in such a short time it had built up that much. That's life changing, man. When you go from 20, it really is twenty to thirty euros to thousand dollars per day. I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's um, it's crazy. You were sleeping like your roommate was an emu uh, under a bridge somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I was in Italy too. And now you have all this abundance coming your way. So tell me, how did you how did you change your life like this, man? I mean, was it did it start in your mind, or I mean, I know the story. I, I want to hear it from you, but. Uh, you were in Peru with $50 left and you just kind of like, like whatever the universe will provide, you know, God will provide for me. I'm just going to book a one-way ticket or whatever. And, uh, things weren't working out. Like you couldn't afford to pay your hostel bill. So right. can you tell me what happened next. Like walk me through it. Yeah. And I wish I could say that I was like, had this big, you know, moment of gusto where I was like, I'm going to make something. But it, honestly, it was kind of out of necessity. Like you said, I was down, I was like broke. And I had went down to South America thinking that uh, I had a little bit of money, but not much. But like last time, I told myself it'll work itself out, you know. Um, and I had started doing – I want to share this tip if there's any musicians listening. I started uh, – and this is in my new book too. I talk about it a bit. I started doing shows on a, a site called Concert Window. And it basically allows musicians to play live shows anywhere in the world as long as you have an internet connection. And people can tune in and they can tip you or you can charge per ticket. I usually charged a dollar a ticket and then hope people would tip me. Um, so I would get a hostel with a rooftop or something and I would play a show there. So I, I was making like a little bit of money with that. And I, and I do want to say that I probably could have done okay with it if I would have like really marketed it and, and put a lot of time into it. But it was one of those things where the amount of time it would have taken me to do that wouldn't have saved me, you know? So I knew I needed something else that wasn't going to cut it. Um, and, and I had not really scalable to do that. I imagine. Absolutely. Right. Cause you're yeah. still putting in time each time. Uh, one, like Warren Buffett says the you need to be able to make money in your sleep if you want to, you know, make a ton of money. Yeah. And, uh, so, and, and in uh, advertising, you know, uh, paid advertising has been great for that, you know, because you absolutely, that's, right. that, that's how you scaled up. And I want to talk, talk about that a little bit later, uh, with your Facebook advertising that you mentioned Pinterest mm -hmm. advertising. Um, you know, I've, I've been doing some limited Facebook ads and, uh, I, I've been kind of doing them small, like I'll spend about $20 or so, and then I'll, I'll get back mm -hmm. about double or something. So I've just been doing yeah, it for a while. Yeah, I mean, while. it's money, though. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, yeah, and the problem with Facebook, which we'll get to that more later, but yeah, the problem is the unpredictability, as I'm sure you're aware, sometimes they're very inconsistent. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I, I, I would love to talk to you about what you've learned as far as scaling ads and stuff like that. Um, but what I've found is that, you know, like I just wanted to, once I just wanted to duplicate an ad, and yeah. uh, I, I tried to just like repost it again and it didn't work out at all. 
Uh, that used to work, and then they changed the algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why so am I not getting any clicks? I'm not getting any views. I'm getting like it's very aggravating. 400 likes, I, but no, I'm getting like five page views. Like, what the heck? <laughs> I have always, and I maintain this now, I'm calling this now. I think, and I won't, I won't initiate this, but I think at some point in my life, I'm going to get a letter in the mail for a class action lawsuit <laughs> because of the way they do, they'll change the algorithm. They don't tell you they're going to change it. They change it and then they're testing it with your money, you know, and something that you were making a thousand dollars on last week, suddenly you're losing money on. Yeah. That's the most frustrating thing about Facebook for me is just like their right. algorithm and, you know, and that's one thing, the reason I'm so big on Instagram now because Instagram doesn't have all these silly games with their, uh, with their algorithm and stuff. It's very straightforward. Yeah. Uh, everyone has a fair shot at it, you know, but with Facebook, um, I don't know. It's just, uh, I don't trust it as much, but I, I do find that, that Facebook groups uh, have been a different story. So I found that, you know, even though fan pages have really kind of tapered off and you don't get any engagement, uh, face, mm-hmm. Facebook groups are kind of replacing that. So there are some... Like the, the Kindle the Kindle groups and things like that? Yeah, exactly. I find those to be great because uh, they're very targeted, you know, and very active. Yeah, right. A lot of users, uh, but a lot of the old tricks that we used to rely on with Facebook just don't work anymore. Yep, I agree. <laughs> so anyway, we got a little sidetracked here, but yeah. um, we're going to pick up on this topic uh, in a little bit. But So tell me what were your products that you were selling? Um, how did you get set up? I know you, you had a course that you took. Uh, yeah. Can you tell me a bit about that? Yeah, I before I left, I had seen this guy on Facebook, Robert Nava, um, who had created a store that did like 100K revenue in the first month. And... Uh, I didn't even know what it was when I saw I saw a Facebook group and they were talking about I think it was called because it's something completely different now I think it's called the Facebook Blast or the Facebook Solution back then and is this this guy was, uh, Robert Nava who's ex con who now has a seven figure business is that the guy that's the guy yeah okay yeah. I just did a quick Google search on here so maybe I need to interview this guy <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, and he's doing now he's like going to China and just got a warehouse there and stuff and was doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And his program's called Facebook uh, Blast, is that correct? It, it was, and then it went to Ecom Experts Academy, and now he's out of the coaching game completely. As of a month ago, he kind of made an announcement where he's moving on to focus on his other businesses and stuff. Okay. Well, hopefully that's... Um, I, I follow, for anyone who's listening who is interested in this stuff, mm-hmm. uh, Phil Kiprianu is the guy that, that is I really follow now and have been for months and months now. Okay. And, so uh, that's, he, that's P-H-I-L-K-Y-P-R-I-A-N-O-U. You got it. It's a bit hard yep. to spell, but we'll, we'll put a note of that. In the, in it's the- a little easier if you just go to the Facebook group called Shopify Strategy that he runs. Shopify Strategy. Okay. Yep. Yep. And um, so you were selling backpacking stoves initially? Is yeah. That- yeah. So I saw this guy. I didn't know what it was. And I just joined the group and was like, hey, um, I was busy working on the first book release and stuff back then. So I didn't do anything with it. And then, yeah, when I had no money left, I was like, well, maybe that one guy is on to something. So I looked at his training. And what it was, was you would just find something on AliExpress or eBay um, that, cause a lot of stuff that was on there was really cheap cause you know, it's made in China and yada, yada, yada. Uh, and you would look at it and think, well, if I saw that in the store, it would be, you know, three times that. So you would put that on a Shopify store and then you would run Facebook ads targeted to people who would probably like it to try to get sales. So yeah, that was my, my first go-to is, well, I'm 
a backpacker and I'm an avid outdoorsman. So I'll do an outdoorsman type of store. So I started something called Backpacker Depot and I found a little backpacking stove that uses, you know, the isobutane fuel, the standard, like a folding little stove, really lightweight stove. Um, and I was, I want to say more careful than a lot of the other people about picking a product because I really read a lot of reviews on it to make sure it was actually not a hunk of junk because in my mind, uh, I read a lot of Tim Ferriss and, uh, he talks a lot about bad getting bad customers. And so I didn't want a piece of crap because that's going to attract negative negativity and more headache for me in the long run. So I found the stove that had good reviews and everything. And, uh, that, this is actually to me the most laughable thing about this whole thing. Uh, that's all I put on the store. I had that one <laughs> stove and nothing else, no other products on there at all. And I started a Facebook ad targeted to, I think it was just backpackers. I left the age pretty much wide open, male or female. And, you know, set up a little ad with the picture of the stove, which I grabbed from the AliExpress vendors site. Cause I'm in South America. I can't ship the thing to me. I have no idea. I haven't even held it in my hand, you know? Um, and I remember telling my friend who was, I was with in the hostel at the time, I was like, who the hell is going to buy something from a site with one product on it? You know, cause I know that I wouldn't <laughs> if I went to a site and had nothing else on there, but I set the ad to run and, uh, I was obviously pretty nervous, uh, stressed about the whole thing. So I was like, let's go get a beer, man. And, uh, started the ad, took off for a couple of hours, went and got some food and got a couple beers with my last, whatever it was, $10 at that point. And, uh, got back to the hostel and my phone kicked into the Wi-Fi, and I looked down, there's a little notification it said, Oh shit, man. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to say that. <laughs> okay. So, Oh shit. There's a, uh, I made a sale. <laughs> He's like, you're, you're kidding me, man. There's no way. Yeah, I made a sale. And I look at him like, yeah, I sold one of them. Boom. And then another one came in. Like, yeah, I'd be kidding me. I just sold another one. He's like, what the hell? And then over the next few days, they just kind of kept coming in. So unfortunately, I dug myself into a hole because I was so broke. I was spending the money, the inventory money to get by down there Um instead of buying the stoves and shipping them, which I, at that time, didn't even know how to do that. I was like, well, I didn't think I'd sell any. Now, how, how am I going to give them to the customers? Um, so it wasn't until I got back to uh, Florida. I flew back there. I was staying there for a while. And um, I was kind of like, well, I guess if, the, if, if I'm spending $20 a day on this Facebook ad and it's making me this much, I wonder what happens if I spent 40 bucks a day. So then I kind of started learning how to scale and then eventually figured out how to actually get the product to the customers and all that stuff as I went. It was a couple months process to figure all that out. So the website was Backpacker Depot, is that right? Yeah, which uh, as of now no longer exists. It's not That's around right. anymore. Okay, but I might be yeah. able, you might be able to find it if you use the uh, uh, archive.org, is that right? Yeah, you might be able to. I think okay. – let me look on here right now. But yeah, I think the live version is completely down now. So when, when you created these Facebook ads as well, uh, how yeah. did you, what did you – who did you target? What did you put on there? What was your message? Were you well, a this, discount or a coupon or what, what were you doing? And I'm, I'm going to be careful here to mention things that I'm doing now because of how much Facebook changes. Um, so what I would do for interest targeting – 
be an example. I'm selling um, a necklace that's like a, a couple music notes that are kind of shaped like a heart right now. And uh, one thing I did for this, I actually have the list here in front of me. I went through because I want I can just target music, but it's like almost a billion people in that interest group. So it's really, really broad. And a lot of majority of them are just people who have interacted maybe with a music video or something and might not be as enough interested in music to buy that necklace. So what I did is I want to target people who are passionate about music and playing music. So I actually targeted brands of music equipment. So Yamaha, Roland, Gibson, Fender, Taylor, Marshall, all that kind of stuff. Because I know people who have interacted with that are interacting with actual brands of music equipment. So there's a very good chance they play music themselves. And as far as like age and gender targeting, I, I kind of leave it pretty wide open at the beginning and try not to assume anything. And then after it's run for a while, I'll look at it and say, okay, it looks like people that are 18 to 24 years old, nobody's buying it. So I'll just kill that part of the interest altogether and kind of go from there as far as the narrowing it down and everything. And then after, after you're doing the backpacking stoves, you switch to, <clears throat> I think, rings, and uh, now you're selling jewelry. And yeah. um, when you started to make like real profits or, or when you really had some success, you, uh, you learned how to scale the ads. And right. um, what, what was your strategy? Can you walk me through the process? Was it just about finding the interests of your group and uh, trying to target them as best you can? Is that it? Or, or how did you scale this? It's, it's a very very complicated uh, <laughs> process. And I say that only because it's one of the things that Facebook changes the most. Uh, for instance, earlier you mentioned how um, duplicating ad sets used to work. And a lot of people would, uh, that's what we would do. We would just, if we had a winning ad set for $5 a day or $10 a day or whatever, we just duplicate the same thing as many times, a bunch of times, you know, and it would all add up. And then Facebook changed something and that quit working. So as of now, if you duplicate, as you saw, it'll tank the ad almost immediately. Um, and then we would just start increasing the budget by however much we wanted, uh, which those were the good old days because that was awesome. If something was working, I would just – at $20 an ad set, I'd just put $200 a day on it and boom, the sales would come in. And that's no longer working. And yeah, then that, that, that can be tough because like they target the most uh... – I guess people who are likely to buy at first and then, right. and then right. as you expand uh, who you're targeting, you get less quality leads, I suppose, or prospects. Well, actually, actually it's, it's the opposite. If you're okay. using the website conversion ads, because you know, the, they, you have pixels that you install on your website, which sends back um, a message basically to your Facebook ad account saying, Hey, this person that clicked on the ad eventually added the cart and then he bought something. And, the more data that pixel gets, the more sales it records and more ads to cart and page visits, the more it knows, okay, well, this guy and this guy and that guy bought something. So I bet these type of people who are also kind of similar to their activity on Facebook would also buy something. So it learns the more data it gets. And you'll hear gotcha. people say, uh, refer to having a seasoned pixel, and that's what they're talking about, a pixel with a lot of sales data on it. I see. So it becomes more and more efficient as you get more data. And it kind of exactly. it, does it automatically when you optimize the ad, right? Exactly. And it helps with your interest targeting too. Like for instance, now my pixel's so seasoned that instead of targeting those really 
specific interests like I was talking about, like music brands, I actually can go in and run music to a billion people and it performs okay because Facebook knows what kind of people in that interest are going to buy and what kind aren't and they optimize for it. Okay. And as for scaling right now is the worst I have ever seen it in the year or so that I've been doing this. Um, it's nothing is really working reliable reliably right now. Um, the best results that a lot of people are getting are duplicating like we talked about, but they will duplicate and make the new ad set at a higher budget, whatever they want it to be. And then pause the old ad, kill the old ad. So no, don't have two run at the same time, but duplicate the same thing. But the second one being higher budget. Personally, I haven't. It's just a workaround. The strategy is the same, though. Yeah, but you haven't had good results with that, though. No, and and as and as for full disclosure, I haven't had good results with anything for the past month or so. Facebook's been all over the place. <laughs> so how much? But traffic, it's, it's part of the game. How much traffic and what does your ad spend have to be to get to the point where you're doing twenty k in revenue? Well, uh, I, for, and every ad account is different. Every store is different. Every product's different. But for mine, um, generally if things are good, then I will get like, let me try to think of how to word this. Cause I'm going to, I know I'm going to word it wrong. Uh, a dollar per visitor is kind of what it comes out to. If I look at my visitors and I've had 500 visitors that day, as long as I'm doing more than $500 in sales, then I know things are okay. If things are good, if things are really good, then I want to see like double that, like $1,000 in revenue for every 500 visitors. Interesting. Okay. But like I said, that's, you know, that can vary a lot depending on the price of each product you're selling, depending on a lot of things. So that, that's how much money you want to make, not how much you want to spend, basically. Correct, if yeah. You, if you send 10,000 people, um, 10,000 visits, you're, you expect to make $10,000. Yeah, and that, yeah, I guess I should have included that. Yeah, as far as ad spend goes, okay, uh, really good ROI is three hundred percent or higher, and anything less than that, you're still making money, but it kind of stings a little bit. Like right now, a lot of days, I might spend five hundred dollars in Facebook ads, but I only get like seven hundred dollars in revenue, so I make like thirty bucks that day. You know what I mean? And it's like you have. 500 something dollars go through your hands, but you got 30 bucks to show for it. So those are the days that suck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now we, we talked about Facebook and it's really finicky algorithm and how it, it can be uh, quite frustrating to us advertisers here. I know that you, yeah. you've dabbled with other platforms. You've learned how to do Pinterest ads. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned Instagram. I think Instagram is a mm-hmm. hot one right now. Instagram, I get better results than Facebook right now. Yeah. Okay. So can you tell me a bit about some of the other uh, platforms that you're using? Um, well, I'll, I'll start with Instagram because it's the easiest uh, because it's actually through Facebook's ad accounts now. So when I make an account and I pick my placement, so either in the news feed or only mobile or in the right-hand column, I can also choose Instagram. And usually I'll do them as their own thing. I'll keep them completely separate. Uh, is it better to go through the Facebook advertising panel or uh, should you use Instagram's own uh, advertising panel? I actually, I didn't even know that Instagram had their own. I've always just used uh, Facebook's. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, that, that uh, is something to test out, you know, to absolutely, get yeah. results. Yeah, I will test that out. <laughs> uh, the ones, and you know, as much as 
Facebook is like that that uh, girlfriend that you just can't break up with, that you have a terrible relationship with sometimes. Because while I, like the past few weeks or so it's been so frustrating, I know in my head there's I'm not going to find anything better in terms of targeting and things like that. It can't be beat right now. There's nobody that's that has that in depth of targeting. Um, and a lot of them are still keyword based, which I'm not as familiar with like Twitter, but I think Twitter is actually moving to a more, a platform more similar to Facebook now, which thank God, I hope they do. And I hope it's great uh, because I think Facebook needs a big competitor to get them to kind of stop with the, some of the stuff that they do. Yeah. One thing about Twitter is that it's become very kind of, uh, a lot of the contents become almost irrelevant because there's so many apps that post on Twitter. Um, you yeah. can basically put anything you want on Twitter. But Instagram, it's not really just set up for marketing the way Twitter is, and that's kind of an advantage. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I agree. You have, you have to post photos. They have to be square cropped. I mean, you have to follow their guidelines. Yep. You, you can't there's post, no links. No links. Yeah, exactly. So um, that kind of preserves the, the quality of what you see on Instagram versus Twitter where you know, a tweet is worth a lot less than an Instagram post. I completely agree. And, uh, yeah. And even like the hashtags are way more searched on Instagram than they are on Twitter. Like you could have no followers and if you use the right hashtags, you'll still get a lot of likes on the picture. Okay. So, so Instagram is, uh, what's been working for you. Do you have any uh, tips for Instagram and, and making more, uh, making more successful ads? I think the, it's the obvious one that you would think, make sure you have a really great picture. And, uh, uh, one that you might not think of, I always, for my Instagram ads, I always use emojis because it makes it, I, I, and everyone's different, but whenever I make an ad, I have a kind of an underhanded approach. I don't like things to be too salesy. I like them to be more innocent so people aren't, at, don't have their guard up as much. So whenever you see, uh, like the rings that I have, that they look like a, an animal. So I'll have the little heart, you know, heart in the eyes emoji and a little elephant emoji and a monkey and a dolphin and say something like, Oh my God, look how cute these are. Tag somebody who would love this. And then some hashtags and things like that. So whenever somebody sees that in their feed, it doesn't look like an ad. You know what I mean? It looks like someone thought, wow, these rings are so cool. Okay, cool. So part of it is like uh, putting a personality and just kind of being one guy talking Absolutely. to another person. Absolutely, and, and, and I noticed that a lot of those uh, those really clickbaity like Huffington Post type headlines seem to work really well. Yeah. You know, like, but they're so cheesy. Like, it'll be like a gawker. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it'll be how this twenty two year old makes uh, four thousand a day online. Uh, yeah, what what happened next was outrageous or something. Or something yeah, like and that. it's like hey, they must be working because they're still using them. But I don't think I could ever bring myself. <laughs> I love to this. I love this. Because I hate them too. so much. Like, um, like you know, this snake just pulled its guts out or something, and it's amazing or something. Like they'll put, like, yeah. oh, it's amazing or it's incredible or. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it drives me crazy. Yeah, but apparently it works though. Um, another traffic channel that I that I should probably mention, which you talk mentioned earlier is Pinterest. Uh, while I have had absolutely horrible results with Pinterest paid ads, and I mean terrible, I'm talking at one point $300 in ad spend without a single sale. Uh, but, and I, my caveat there is that could also be that I'm not that familiar with keyword based advertising. Uh, but what I have found that's great about Pinterest is organic traffic and long term organic traffic. I get like, two, three sales a week from my Pinterest account and I don't do a single thing with it. 
That's fantastic. And those so sales. Please, please walk me through this because I need to know. <laughs> I've been active on Pinterest. Like, I, I really had trouble, you know, figuring it out at first. I was looking at tutorials. Um, I think I have about 125 pins now. I've been working at it for a couple months. Um, so I'm, I'm using it. I'm, I'm getting active. I'm getting followers, but I'm still not getting traffic from it. Uh, how are you using it to support your business efforts, and what's your strategy? Well, that's that's what's kind of embarrassing and laughable about it is <laughs> I don't really know what I'm doing either. I've like I've same thing. I've looked up tutorials because I don't really understand how a lot of it works. Uh, <laughs> so, but uh, all I did is I hired somebody a long time ago to get me followers on there, and all they did was just follow people and hope that they'd follow them back. And I made some basic boards with like travel tips and stuff. And then Shopify launched. Uh, buyable pins so I can put my products on there and you can buy right from the pen. And I just made those pins and then people started pinning them to boards for me. So oh, that's fantastic. So can you do the same with like uh, WordPress? Do they have a WordPress plugin? I think with that you have to use rich pins and oh, you make okay. and you make a yeah a pin for it. That's, now, that's really interesting because usually when I uh, pin on Pinterest, it's usually just like uh, blog posts and articles, stuff like this, mm-hmm. photos. But I didn't know you could actually pin products on there. That's really cool. They just – they released it – I want to say at the end of last year is when they came out with that. And it's really cool. They actually buy on Pinterest. They don't even have to go to my store. Cool. So, so what's, what's your Pinterest account? So I can check that out. I want to take a look at it. It's uh, Pinterest.com slash travel. Tune up and travel. Okay. And yeah, as of two days ago, I actually, because of that, I've, I feel like I'm leaving money on the table. You know, I'm like, man, if these sales are coming in every week without me doing anything, I would think if I put in some work to it, it would actually be awesome. <laughs> so I actually hired somebody two days ago that's a Pinterest expert and is going to manage the page and they're going to be pinning to boards and interacting creating more pens and, and things like that to hopefully boost that traffic. Yeah, interesting. I know that there's um, there's a couple of services out there. There's Board Booster, which does mm-hmm. automated pinning. And, um, I wondered about that, Yeah, if there was something like that. I, I'm, I'm, that's something that I'm going to get set up uh, within the next couple of weeks. I'm, I'm just kind of learning how to do manually pinning first before I start automating yeah, everything. Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, yeah, I need to learn it. I think it's important to get hands-on knowledge before you just start going crazy and automating mm-hmm. stuff. But um, I'm looking at your Pinterest board now. So you have one board that's uh, travel gear, gadgets, and goodies. And those are all your products from your shop. And um, yeah, a lot of a lot of your products are getting you know 23 repins, a dozen repins. Um, and that's just basically free traffic there. 39 repins for your right. backpacking yeah. cookware set. <laughs> Which is what's crazy because I mean that actually I don't I don't know much about it, admittedly, but that doesn't sound like shit to me you know what i mean and and if i if i compare it to like facebook where some of our ads will have a hundred thousand likes and it's crazy to me that something with that small amount of interaction is making sales yeah and and you don't even have like um, like vertical images you haven't created like custom images for these products or even even a description it's just you know the name of the product yeah, um, it just pulled them from my. That's the the Pinterest plugin for Shopify. Just pulls them all and sticks them on here. Very cool. So, so that's the yeah. reason why you went with Shopify. Is that it's just because uh, it's the first person. I've, you're the first person I've interviewed about Shopify, but it's just really simple and, and straightforward. Is that why? Is that the main? Very advantage? simple, very straightforward. Um, yeah. And well, the first reason I went for it is just because that's what that Robert Nava guy had recommended. Um, but now knowing everything I know and comparing it to the other e-commerce platforms. 
I think it's by far and away the best one out there because not only is it simple, there's a lot of them out there that are simple, but A, it has an endless amount of plugins for it, for anything you can think of. And B, it has a gigantic support community like that. Shopify strategy pay, uh, group I mentioned is one of many, and it has like 13,000 people in it. So if you got something going wrong, you post in the group, and there's plenty of people there that help you out. Very cool. I'm really liking this, man. And so um, who designs like these backpacks and stuff? Are you just like sourcing these from um, uh, Alibaba or one of those sites you mentioned earlier? Uh, all of those, I was just, yeah, straight up sourcing them from AliExpress. I didn't change a thing. I just drop shipped them right from the vendor. Very cool, man. I'm really liking this. And, and your store looks beautiful. Uh, Shop.shipandtravel.com. Really nice logo. Yeah, yep. Really clean. I mean, this is really cool, man. I'm, I'm really digging this. Congrats on this. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah okay. So back back to Pinterest. Uh, having a good discussion here. So, yeah, I've heard, I've heard anecdotes about Pinterest, like, you know, people are getting more traffic from it than LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter combined. Uh, so this is this is a really powerful. I heard something system. the other day about LinkedIn. I didn't even know that that was a thing as far as like advertising. <laughs> stuff. I thought that was just for like getting jobs. Yeah, well, people post on there. I mean, they have forums and stuff. But um, you know, I get so many messages and stuff on LinkedIn that I don't even read uh, <laughs> connections, yeah. and um, I don't know how effective it is. But I know Pinterest is, is working really well for a lot of people. And um, I, I think it's really cool that you can post products on here, not just uh, blog posts and stuff like that, and mm -hmm. have to go through the long dance of, you know, trying to convert them to a customer. And yeah. then eventually, later on, you know, you're just just getting customers right through this this website. So that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, so what next? <laughs> if I could mention, Corey, um, we were just talking about AliExpress and Alibaba and all that. Um, I have, and, and what my business model was, was just basically drop shipping or reselling a lot of existing items. And I found out, especially over Christmas, whenever orders really started coming in, it's not a viable long-term business, drop shipping isn't. Uh, because a lot of times the suppliers would suddenly be out of product without warning. And they're already coming from China, so it's like two to three weeks to get there already. And yeah, we dealt with some huge delays with that and with my AliExpress. They like changed their security things at the beginning of the year and locked everybody's accounts, made them go through all this crap. And so it could cause a ton of logistics problems. So I am not only moving everything away from China, I'm moving to the US because I've found that the manufacturing cost isn't that much more and people will pay more for stuff that's made in the US. Uh, and also because it's very easy to communicate with someone here compared to you know China, which is definitely a language barrier there. Um, but the other thing is to start actually custom designing a lot of products or altering existing designs to be better. Um, because as Shopify has gotten so popular, Facebook ads have gotten so popular, there's a lot of people out there who just find products that are selling really well and then steal it basically, because it's who's stopping them, you know? Yeah. They do the same thing you did. They go to AliExpress, they get the picture off there, they make an ad, they make a store, and then suddenly you're competing with them in Facebook ads. And I notice, I notice your products aren't really branded or anything like that. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, I, so maybe the only, I think the biggest way you can kind of set up your advantage, your competitive advantage, is just establishing a platform, you know, to reach people. Mm-hmm. 
because because you have um, I think you've got like five thousand or six thousand followers on on Pinterest. Um, so like once you have the platform, like because I'm because I'm trying to I'm trying to connect the gap here. So if someone has a platform already, uh, they have a, a big social media following, maybe on Pinterest, Instagram, um, a blog. You know, if they get a, have a blog that's getting mm-hmm. twenty thousand, ten thousand visits a month. I mean, in theory, they could just set up like a, a store under their brand and turn it into an extra revenue generator. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what I was getting at was... Sorry, I, I didn't mean to sp- interrupt you there. <laughs> no, um, I was mainly talking about... Uh, yeah, because if you have a big established brand and someone else starts selling the same stuff as you, then it's not going to sting as much. But they will still cut into your Facebook ads ad spend. Okay. It will still up your cost because they're going to be competing for the exact same people, yeah. the exact same product. And Facebook is all about impulse buy because people aren't on Facebook expecting that they're going to buy something that day. No. So, but, and but I use that but, a lot. But I guess what I was getting at, I mean, you can create a competitive advantage. You can create a moat around your business if you have like a recognizable brand, if you can be trustworthy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, and, and that is exactly why I am moving away from tune up and travel as a store. And moving, I'm opening up another store that's going to be a lot easier to brand because this is kind of hard to brand because I'm selling animal stuff on the, the travel music site. You get what I'm saying? It's kind of like, I don't know, it's a little harder to find a niche <laughs> that people would really follow compared to if this was an animal-themed website. Okay, I don't mean to laugh here, but you're saying I'm selling animal stuff. But what you mean is uh, you're selling like backpacks with uh, foxes and owls on them, is that right? Stuff like that. Yeah, well, that's perfect yeah, example. Animal, yeah. animal stuff, like not like we're yeah, like pig feed or something. <laughs> but, but, yeah. but what I was really referring to is because I I have a lot of travel and music stuff on there on the store, but most of it's like filler. I never sell any of it. I'm only running ads to these animal rings and the music necklace. Okay. Because they're my because they're my biggest sellers. That's what's making all the money. So like so it's kind of jewelry funny, like really. animals on them and stuff. Yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of funny, really, that that's you know. I don't know. But yeah, I, if I could go back, that's the piece of advice that I would give to myself is, hey, don't use tune up and travel because it's – A, I, can't, I can never sell it because the brand is centered around me because it's my travel blog. And B, uh, it's not open to any expansion as far as like the type of products. I could, but it's like sometimes feels pointless to try to expand that brand whenever it's not really the brand that's centered around the product that's selling. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it's good for a lot of your travel gear, for sure. Like, um, yeah, but like I said, that's not what what I'm selling. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what's, so kind of like so I, I'm opening up a new store at the end of this month called uh, Buckeye Boutique, and it's going to sell a lot of uh, Ohio themed stuff, and I think it's going to be a lot easier for me as far as branding and uh, remarketing. That's a big problem I have with this store. Is okay, I say I sell somebody this lucky Labrador ring. Well, what other product on the site are they going to buy? Most of the other stuff is unrelated to that, so it's kind of hard to remarket them. Gotcha. Okay. Not- I was I was looking at your one Pinterest board with a lot of your gear, and now I see you have a, a Wild Rings Rescue Jewelry board. And right. Yeah, and, that, and that's the yeah that's the bread and butter. I can see why this would sell better because these have more of a personality. Like it's a rhino ring right. or a Sarah the giraffe or Sammy the hedgehog. Yeah, and exactly. This is adorable, and, and plus. You know, the other advantage is Pinterest is very uh, female-oriented. Mm-hmm. Uh, women are, are much more active on Pinterest than men are. And this this is kind of stuff that would really appeal to a lot of girls, I think. 
Yeah, and I and I have found uh, the best sellers out there. Uh, I have found to be two things: one, a niche that people are really passionate about. People love people who love animals are very passionate about it. Same with their pets, you know, anything like that. And B, the product itself needs to be something that whenever people look at it, it has like a wow factor or like a cute factor, something that gets them to think, you know, wow or whatever in their head and tag somebody or share it. So-and-so, look at this. It's so cute. Something like that that pops out where the travel gear doesn't really have that. You know what I mean? Because it's yeah. kind of just like it's something you see every day while this is something that pops out. It's kind of unique. And they don't think, oh, I'm going to Walmart and get that, you know? Yeah. They think, i got to get this here. This the only place that's going to have this. I'm looking at your – so your Jenny the Elephant ring got uh, 2,500 repins. Okay. Now that starts sounding – that makes more sense. That's our bestseller. 2,500 repins on Pinterest. Holy cow. That's And that's just <laughs> traffic and again, life, basically. Yeah, I haven't done a single thing to that. I haven't touched it. <laughs> So that's what makes me. That's, I'm like, man, it's just, it's just a direct, doing to your product page. Like yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> okay, so I can see the appeal here. What uh, what other products might uh, be successful? You know, what what other? Can you give us an inkling of other things that might have personality? Absolutely, that? yeah. Because and, and a lot of people are saying that jewelry is like on its way out. You know, as you probably know, t-shirts were a huge thing for a long time, and then they kind of fizzled out, and now jewelry's kind of taken the same path. Uh, so you can do anything. That's what's kind of really cool. I know some people who are selling like uh kid's stuff, um, like bibs or baby bottles or something that might be something unique, like a, a baby bottle that's shaped like an animal for an example to stick with the same niche. Uh, and there are people selling, trying to think of, it's one of the things where I'm trying to think and then I draw a blank. A lot of people do clothing because AliExpress sells a lot of clothing. I would never personally do that because to me that sounds like a return and inventory nightmare. Uh, there's people selling outdoors equipment. There's people selling computer equipment, um, handmade like wooden bracelets and things like that. A lot of stuff. I know supplements is a big one. That's the one. That, um, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we had Derek Pankow on the podcast a few episodes ago, and um, he, he mentioned like he got into supplements just because he studied what was selling the best, uh, you know, studying the analytics, stuff like that. Um, and then created a supplement brand, basically. Yeah, I think so. And uh, do, do you have any process you use to like just kind of see what's selling before you uh, pick something up? Yeah, I do. Uh, what I do is I go, well, this – I change this a little bit now because now I'm trying to, with the new store I'm designing, most of the stuff are paying designers to do it for me. But what I would do for reselling and even to get ideas to make products is I go to usually AliExpress because it's, if people aren't familiar with that, it's basically like the Amazon of China. Um, so I would go in there and search in the niche that I'm looking in. So for this, I would just type in animal or elephant and I would look at all the different products on there. Now scroll through until I see something that pops out, kind of like these did, like that are unique and really cute or really something that I think would have that wow factor. And I will open it in a new browser and I'll keep scrolling. I'll keep doing that for as many products as I find until I've got like 12 or 20 different products open in separate browser tabs. 
And then I'll click back through. I'll take a double take. And sometimes I'll look at something and be like, nah, never mind. That was, that's junk. Or if I find something that looks good, but I don't have any, can't use any of the pictures or something, then that's kind of a turn off because then I'd have to pay to get some beforehand before even testing it. And I'll find three or four or five that I think are really good products. And I will steal some pictures from AliExpress from their product page. Or if I can't find any there, I might Google it, Google image search, see if any are out there, which, uh, fair warning, be careful doing that because you can get in trouble if you get something that's, you know, not from an AliExpress vendor or something like that. That's like an actual photographer took. Anyways. Uh, I will make an ad and test it pretty much. I'll stick it on there at five bucks a day, test a few different copy on, uh, variants on it, and I'll run a PPE ad, page post engagement ad, to optimize for people to like, comment, and share on it, and I will see how they're interacting with it. If you have a Facebook page that already has a pretty good following, then you can just post on the page. You don't even have to dump any ad money in it if you have pretty good engagement. And just post something like, comment yes if you would buy this, share with or tag a friend, and then just look at all the yeses. And if you've got a ton of people buying yet or saying yes, that's a pretty good buyer's intent, which, you know, a lot of people that are typing yes aren't really going to buy it. We're all aware of that. But you're looking for good feedback. If you, if you can see that wow factor happening in the comments, there's a good chance it's going to sell. And it can't hurt to go ahead and put it on your Shopify store. It doesn't cost you any money to do it. Yeah. Stick it on there and put the link in the ad, and maybe you'll sell a few and no. And if you're selling them, then I recommend, and this is, and I'm recommending this because of the just ton of trouble that I had doing only drop shipping. I recommend if something starts selling well, order a lot of them and, and send it to a warehouse where it's going to get there in a reasonable time and where you have a lot more quality control. What are you spending uh, to test these products on, on your ad spend? What's, what's a good minimum threshold before you can get feedback? Well, it can kind of be subjective, but uh, a good rule of thumb is $5 a day for about a week because you want Facebook to have time to optimize, you know. So if you don't see – if you're not really getting any results the first couple of days, that's okay because sometimes Facebook can take like 72 hours or more before it really starts spinning, before the wheels start turning. Um, if you have a bigger budget to work with, $20 ad sets or $30 ad sets work better because you're reaching more people. So you see that feedback sooner. $20 per day? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And run it for like a week because then you get a lot more feedback. And that's just if you have the extra budget, you know, you're getting more feedback that way. Very cool. Some more ads to work with. Yeah. Okay. So it's really straightforward and simple. You just, um, you find a product that you like, it's got personality, um, and just, just throw it up there, set up a quick page on Shopify or on your website, and just see how people respond to it, right? Right, yeah. Really, really simple and straightforward. It, it really is, but what will surprise you is, and I have not figured out what this is yet, but some people can't get it. They can't figure it out. I, I've tried to help a lot of friends learn how to do what I'm doing, and while a couple of them have been pretty successful, the vast majority of them just can't get that right product or can't reach that right audience. Or once they do start selling, they get freaked out and bail. 
because it's like all of a sudden it's real, I guess, and there's a responsibility there because you know you have to get this to the customer. And you got to deal with customers at first till you hire somebody to do that. So yeah, it's something. But the good thing is it's relatively. I mean, I have in in my opinion, it is the absolute cheapest business investment with the highest possible return that there is right now. If you think about it, because what did I spend to get started? Thirty bucks, forty bucks, and it made me. I don't want to say the exact number, but it into well into the six figures last year off a $30 investment. You know, that's just, you can't find another business out there where you could do that. Awesome, man. And this is just from the rings, right? That we're talking about here. Yeah. Mostly the rings. Yeah. yeah I'm looking, cause I'm, I'm just looking, uh, I'm looking at your Instagram. I'm looking at your Pinterest. Uh, you got, like I said, 2,500 repins of your, uh, Jenny, the elephant, you posted uh, a picture of a beagle, a beagle ring, and that got more than a thousand uh, likes on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's not even that's not even the ads. Like, if you look at like my my ads on Instagram right now, I have like eighty thousand likes on them, and wow. that the elephant ring, the post for it on Facebook is well over like eight hundred thousand likes on that now. Because you're running, tra- right? yeah, because you're running traffic to it. So that's why. I love it, man. So you just you can create a, a product page really quickly. Uh, try to create a product that has a lot of personality, and uh, overnight, I mean, you can get a ton of uh, interest in your product and a lot of yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's good. Like I said, the the drop shipping part of it and like the reselling, I don't think it's very good long term because it, it would be hard to sell for one thing, and it's just some of the logistics and everything we talked about. Tom, but what did Sorry, I didn't interrupt, but would this work well with um, digital products? Like As uh, far as uh, the whatnot? Facebook ads? Yeah. I think so. I mean, people are using it all the time. But I think a lot of uh, digital products have a, a lot deeper funnel. So they'll usually uh, – I'm actually consulting with a company on this right now. And they have a very long, long-form funnel. So they will – just at first, just try to get somebody's email, and they'll offer like a free ebook or something like that from the Facebook ad, and then they'll start marketing to them through the email. Because a lot of the digital products are a little higher priced and take a little bit more cajoling out of people. Yeah, but I think um, going back to what we were discussing, I think that that might be not the best way to start at first because obviously, like you were saying before, you wanted to confirm demand of your product uh, right. before you create this big funnel and. Um, as I mentioned before, I mean, I've been having good success just sending people from Facebook to uh, my my product, my digital product, which is on Gumroad. And um, the way my funnel is kind of set up is I have books out there which uh, mm-hmm. on a certain topic like freelancing or sleep hacking, and that will be like my front-end product. And I can give away mm-hmm. thousands of those for free. And then they get a coupon code for Gumroad. And oh, perfect. Yeah. So the Gumroad products are actually, are actually selling pretty well. And what I've wanted to do is – create a separate Gumroad product for each book that I have. Uh, so like I have a sleep hacking book and then I can create like a higher price package, you know, for people who want more, mm. include a 75% discount code. So right now I, I have, have, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. 
I was just going to tell you, remind me, I have some that would probably be really good for that, that people are doing with digital products, but I was going to let you finish first. I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, no. So what I'm saying is, I mean, I've had having pretty good success just from uh, sending people to landing page, including a discount code. Gumroad makes it really simple. It's, it's kind of like the Shopify of uh, creative products, stuff like that. I, um, I've, I've heard really good things about Gumroad. Yeah, they don't – well, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's really simple and straightforward. They don't send mm-hmm. a lot of traffic to you. They have a Gumroad Discover, which I've gotten some sales from, and those sales are at full price, which is awesome. So that's $80 every time I get a Gumroad Discover uh, sale from Gumroad. Uh, but for the most part, I do need to send my own traffic. But uh, it's it's been working pretty well so far. You know, I've, I haven't set up, like, a whole funnel or anything like that. I've just been sending people uh-huh. to the landing page, and yeah. um, I get, like, a – a few sales, you know, nothing major, but I'm doubling or tripling mm-hmm. my, my spend. That's really good for a book, though, man. I mean, you know, it's hard to do. The profit margins are a lot lower many times. Yeah, an Amazon book, um, you know, books on Amazon, it's you have really low um, low costs. Like there's 99 cent books, 299 cent, 299 yeah. books usually, uh, but they make great lead sources. Amazon has a lot of uh, users. Um, so mm-hmm. it's, it's a good like front end product. I almost like to call them like ads, you know, they're basically ads for you yeah. and get, getting people into your funnel. So, so what you're doing with, with Gumroad is you're putting your higher price stuff on there yeah, or are you still using a, the same books mid, on there? It's a range product basically. And, um, you know, I, I realized that I could, I can easily double or triple my profits from my books by just having a simple offer in each book with mm-hmm. a higher price product, you know, a $20 price point. And um, every time, because, you know, Kindle allows you to do a free promotion every three months or, or you can do five days. Right. Five, five and that's days. what I was going to ask, because isn't part of Kindle Select you can't sell it anywhere else? You're not selling the book. You're selling a, a separate product. And oh, OK, so you're yeah. I get what you're saying. So, <laughs> so, for example, if you have your your uh, hacking email book, then this would be like a uh, more in-depth hacking email webinar series or something like that or video series no it could be like templates for example so so a book like uh-huh. email that, that was something i wanted to do so uh it could be just something that's really straightforward usually like a pdf um and giving me my 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 light above my head's going off <laughs> <laughs> so so what i did like with my freelancing product i had a bunch of files on my sitting on my desktop that i used when I, so mm-hmm. you were a freelancer. You know, I had a bunch of files, right. contracts, things that I used when I was uh, working with clients. And I just basically uploaded them all into a zip file. And that was my product, basically. So That's brilliant. <laughs> I mean, super easy. and Yeah. So, so you're giving me some new ideas, though. I mean, we're bouncing ideas off of each other here at this point. Yeah, I'm, I'm writing stuff down here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this, this is almost like a mastermind call at this point. But you've given me some yeah. ideas for, for using Pinterest, for using Instagram, um, you know, different ways I could try to, to test and drive more traffic to these products. Well, one thing I was going to, that's what I was going to mention, uh, mm-hmm. is what I've seen a lot of, and right now, that's one of the reasons that I kind of like, uh, I was going to do that whole e-commerce course thing. And it's just right now it's flooded with people who are doing these courses. So my book is going to be more centered around doing that, but remaining location irrelevant. And, uh, and I'm focusing more on a book than an actual course because I think there's just way too many out there that don't really do a very good job. But what a lot of those guys are doing and the reason that they're selling so many of them uh, is I see their ads all the time on Facebook. And they will – instead of trying to get just a lead, they'll do a webinar. And in the webinar, they'll promise you know 
the five secrets to Facebook ad success or something like that, you know, and you sign up now for the free webinar and you'll put in your email. I want to hear the five. And a lot of times I've, I, as much as I hate to admit this, I've gone a few of them because they're free and I'm like, I'll see what they're saying. You know what I mean? If it's free, maybe I'll learn something and they'll, they'll catch your email and you know, that webinar will be, you know, three days from then or something. And then you'll get an email before the webinar starts. Hey, join the webinar. And that's what they're doing is building a problem in the webinar. You know, they're explaining everything. And they'll give a tons of really good advice away. But at the end, they're going to be like, okay, if you thought this advice was great, buy our course for $47 or whatever. And you'll learn a lot more. And there have been a couple of cases where I have purchased stuff from those and gotten a lot of value out of them. They've actually, I've been happy with purchasing them. Uh, but what they do is the funnel starts there. So they start the funnel. It's a pretty short funnel, like you were saying, instead of going through the whole email marketing thing. They're, they're getting people on pretty quick with the, the webinar. And then their funnel starts, boom, right at, right there with making money. And like the, what would that be, the third step of the funnel? They've made $47. And then once you buy that, then there's always an upsell. <laughs> so you paid $47 for this. Okay, well, for three ninety seven, you can join the secret Facebook support group for this, and all of our experts will be there to answer all your questions at any time you need them. You'll get two consultation calls with us, yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then for $997, you can attend our live event and learn in person for two days or whatever. You, you know what I'm saying, though? And then so... It branches off to these upsells, but if not, they made 47 bucks. Hmm. And more importantly, they got your email. Even if you didn't spend the 47 bucks, now you have an email to market to later. So maybe you keep bugging them about it, you know? <laughs> I'm sorry if I cleared my throat while you were talking there. I thought my... My, right. my, my voice has been all over the place tonight. So. I, I, I usually mute my mic, and I think I had it on there. But, but anyway, this, this is good stuff. I think that a lot of people do... Uh, like you said, a lot of people are doing like five steps to Facebook ad success, you know, um, right. I feel like there's too many lookalikes out there. And I think, well, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't advocating doing that. I was using it as an example. It's, for it's a good example, but I, I think yeah. I need to, I just want to, I want to have a caveat here is, um, you, you don't want to set up all that funnel stuff. I, you know, like I don't want to do that until I've already have a product that's already selling. Um, I agree with that. Yeah. And, and that's, that's why I love that. like these other platforms like Gumroad and Shopify, Udemy, Amazon, uh, these third-party platforms because they already have that trust factor built in, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's an established site like this. If I'm buying something from a person I don't even know, I mean, there's there's so many people out there that I'm already kind of skeptical. I'm already and the, yeah, that, that's a that's a great thing to bring up because and because a lot of these do look spammy or shady. Well, cool. So man. that's a good so, thing to bring up. So let's let's keep talking. Um, I want to go back. I, this has been a great discussion about. Uh, I really love what you've done with Pinterest and Instagram. Um, have you tried anything else like Reddit or anything like that? Any other platforms? I I just I know you've talked about Reddit a lot before. <laughs> uh, uh, I just as of last week started messing around on Reddit, not for business, but just recreationally reading around and posting and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm really liking it so far. It's great for traffic. I haven't had success with Reddit advertising yet uh, because their their app platform tends to be very restrictive. Um, but I, I have heard that some people have had good success with that. 
Um, so whenever whenever you're using Reddit, are you just uh, are you creating accounts specifically to go into related interest and posts and help people to build up your karma points, and then coming back and posting your links? Well, what I've what I've been doing that's been working kind of well is, um, well, a couple of things. Uh, so posting books does really well. Um, you know, when you have a free book, uh, there's there's certain subreddits that uh, allow you to post free stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's like one like Kindle freebies, for example. Um, and you can get a lot of downloads for that. And if, if you can target the right subreddit, like um, uh, there was one that's like get out of bed or something like this. And yeah. um, it's all about sleep hacking. So when I posted my, my free book giveaway oh, yeah. in there, I got I think I got like 2,000, 3,000 downloads from that. Oh, my God, man. From that one post. And, you know, that takes me two minutes to, to post it on there. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. So that that's really amazing. But then at the same time, it can backfire. So um, you need to be People careful. Don't. You have to be kind of really personable. You can't be too self-professional. Yeah. Um, that's, to uh, that's what I've gathered from browsing around. Like you can even see when people commenting, there's not as many of the annoying trolls that there are in other platforms because yeah. they don't want to get downvoted. So, so part of it is is like the jab, jab, jab hook strategy where um, you know Gary Vaynerchuk says like you have to participate in the discussions. You have to yeah. kind of build a reputation. You know, become credible. And a lot of people do that in different forums and stuff. Like, you know, forums rank how valuable you are to the community uh, before yeah. you can start advertising, before people buy your product. Um, okay. Yeah, and, and it's basically like um, it, it can be pretty vicious if you do it wrong. Uh, Reddit can be. You know, they can be quite – they can tear you down. They're not, they won't hesitate to do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I could see that, yeah. But I haven't, I haven't really done much with the Reddit advertising. I, I dabbled a little bit in that. Uh, one one thing I'm I'm gonna try also is oh, okay so going wait going back to Reddit real quick so one thing I do is I have a, a Facebook group where um, you know rather than posting my own links we'll we'll each share each other's links like once a week yeah I've seen those groups on there before a lot in the travel blogger community because they don't like you posting too many of your own links if you're gonna post links like you should post like a variety of different links okay uh, and that yeah. works really well so going to my blog uh, Reddit is my third biggest traffic source after SEO and Facebook. Um, so it, it does contribute quite substantially. So, so what you're saying is you have Facebook groups of Reddit shares. So basically you'll, you'll trade a share and then you'll go into Reddit and share their link and they'll share your link. Yeah. So it's kind of something I've okay. set up with my gotcha. friends and, um, we do it about once a week. I, I'm actually, I'm, I'm kind of inconsistent with it, but, uh, we'll each share like our best piece of content and then we'll, we'll say what headline we want to use, what subreddit we want to post it in and, yeah, um, really... I do, do get a lot of traffic. Like each time we do a post, like I'll get like 500 page views, like average or so. If, if it's wow, good, that's... If, it, if it's a good post. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, for free, I mean, you know, free traffic. Yeah, exactly. And then a lot of those people do, you know, end up subscribing and uh, mm-hmm. becoming, joining a newsletter and stuff like that. Uh, another thing I have on my list to try is, you know, going back to Facebook ads. What I hear is really working really well is uh, um, video advertising on Facebook. Yes, I should have mentioned that. Uh, Facebook, if you advertise in there a lot, you'll notice that they tend to favor whatever their new big thing is. Um, So you'll get better results with whatever that may be. Um, And right now it's video. And that's also why you may notice if you share a YouTube link on Facebook, they don't show it to anybody. (laughs) Because they want people to use the native Facebook videos. so people are YouTube seeing YouTube is owned by Google now. Owned by Google now, I said. Yeah, YouTube is owned by Google, so that's, yeah. that's one of their competitors. Yeah. So I can imagine they don't want to show. That. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, and yeah, and that's why YouTube is like, are you sure you don't want to go to Google Plus? Yes. 
But uh, people are seeing crazy cheap results of video ads right now. It's it's the most cost-effective form of Facebook advertising from what I've read. And, yes. Um, yeah, it is. And, and you can even just like take a stock video from uh, – there's a site, Pexels Video. Um, mm-hmm. I know Envato has um, – uh, stock videos and basically Auto's great yeah you can just basically just buy some really cheap stock video and just kind of put your text over it and uh that, yep. that, that works <laughs> it works and uh and for people listening that are wanting to do products with them uh what a lot of people are doing is making a video slideshow and putting some text over it and or a picture slideshow put some text over it put some music in the background boom there's your product ad so you basically have your own commercial uh for for almost nothing. Like this guy, I've read this one post. He got forty-two thousand engagements, uh, and it cost him. Wow. Well, he spent three hundred eighty on the ads, but he. It, That's uh, cheap. It's like a penny each for each right. engagement he got. Uh, That's cheap. People engaging with his videos. So, um, yeah, over a hundred, over a hundred thousand uh, actions or something. It looks like here. Wow. So, yeah, good stuff, man. So we're kind of hopping around a lot here, uh, but I like it. I'm, I'm getting think, a lot of ideas to try. Like I'm going to have fun yeah. this weekend. I'm, I'm staying. Uh, I'm staying at home. I'm not traveling this weekend, but I'm going to be like dabbling and testing out a bunch of stuff. And cool. uh, thank you for giving me a bunch of ideas. I mean, this wasn't just limited Absolutely. to Shopify. This was just like you know viral advertising and all bunch of stuff. Yeah, I've got some good tips from you today too. <laughs> and, and actually, this would be a very good time to mention to listeners that uh, Danny wrote a chapter in my new book that's coming out for on Kindle publishing. So there's a really, really informative chapter in there on getting a bestseller and having success with Kindle publishing. I am overdue, anxious, and uh, I've been waiting for this book to come out for a long time. <laughs> that might be a jab at me. He sent me his, his chapter, what, like back in November. over the summer or something? Like, okay, was it? Okay, well, that's not as bad as I was thinking. Yeah, I've, I've been kind of... Uh, being lazy, but I'm I'm almost done with this book, and it should be published sometime in June. I want to Hopefully. get that into my hot little hands. So, where can I go to uh, get more info? I want to pick apart how you've done everything you've done, and uh, just start implementing a lot of this stuff. I it will def, it'll definitely be on Amazon and Kindle Store, and uh, I'm thinking about selling it directly on my site too, on TuneUpAndTravel.com. Uh, just because it'll be easier for me to advertise on Facebook that way. Do you have a landing page or info page anywhere yet, or no? I <sighs> should. No, <laughs> uh, I'm going to try to. I'm going to try to get that up uh, this week or this weekend. I'm going to try to get something going. Okay, it shouldn't well, take well, send me, me, send me some info, and if you have an offer or something, we'll include that in the show. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, okay. we'll have something ready. Perfect. Yeah, because it's it's going to be pretty simple. I'll just have an email capture, and then you'll be notified. Whenever uh, the book goes on, so you can get it. And, and uh, I'm probably going to do something pretty cool. I think uh, whenever the new book goes on sale, anybody who buys it is going to get a free copy of Plain Strings and Broken Strings too, free e-copy. Fantastic, and that's a really entertaining book, by the way. Uh, so you get my endorsement. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> So if, if you want to check out some of the stuff we've talked about uh, during this call, if you want to check out Tom's blog, it's tuneupandtravel.com. His e-commerce store is shop.tuneupandtravel.com. And uh, really clean and simple. You can see how easy this can be. 
Um, I'm thinking about setting up a Shopify store now too. Just to it's, yeah, extra, it's pretty easy. Extra experiment, and uh, you're on Pinterest, you're on Instagram as well. Just look up Tune Up and Travel. Well, this has been a great start to my day. Thank you, Tom. I, I'm all charged and uh, ready to take on the world now. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Yep. Have a nice uh, rest of your night there and, and take care. You too, Danny. See you, man.